When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I was on this incredibly detailed, wonderful, amazing set that had been built. That's like eight acres long and like completely 360. You can go anywhere. Anything can be filmed. And every single nook and cranny had just been completely detailed. And there was this line of like 30 stormtroopers. And I hadn't seen any up until that point. And it just was like, oh my God, I can't believe it. I'm in Star Wars. and salutations. Welcome to another out of this world episode of the Take of a Dispatch. I hate myself sometimes. Uh, <laughs> we've got quite the episode for you this week as we speak to not one, but two of the stars of Andor, Kyle Soler and Denise Gao. Not only that, but we will chat about the new Obi-Wan Kenobi documentary. And we have a full roundup of all the Star Wars news to come out of D23, The Mandalorian, Ahsoka, Tales of the Jedi, and more. We'll go through it all because, frankly, why wouldn't we? What else are we going to do? Talk about Ewoks for another two hours? I mean, we could, but we won't. We won't put you through that again, but I we could. Like I feel like I have to defend their honor after, yeah. you know. Uh, Darren Franich uh, came yeah. aboard here. Um, uh. I'm Dalton Ross, back at it this week, joined, as always, by Devin Kogan and Lauren Morgan. And I have to say uh, to here to the Dagobah Dames, um, <laughs> so jealous listening in uh, to the podcast last week. I was off last week and um, hearing about the Galactic Star Cruiser and hearing about the John Williams concert. I don't know what I was more jealous of, um, but you guys sound like you had an absolute blast both doing those things and then talking about it. Yes. Yeah, I'm still jealous of Lauren and her her Star Cruiser adventure. Like she just, you know, she did this great write up for EW.com, and I was just like, oh man, like I want to, <laughs> I want to. I, I think I think we need to take a podcast field trip. I think we we need to make I that know. happen. It's just like uh, weeding through the like all the photos I took of that place. I was like, should I use that one or that one? This food photo or this food photo? So that took me ages. But as I was um as I was on the Star Cruiser, I was thinking about how much uh, fun both of you would have on it and especially how many shenanigans dalton would get up to on the star oh, cruiser i'd be yeah. all, all i'd be <laughs> all would, he would have been i'd be like everywhere. making up my own language <laughs> just to talk to people and like trying to like go up to any droid and see if there's a protocol droid that could attempt to translate my oh, gibberish no, that was like something uh i mentioned in my uh, my overview for the website is that one one day i was just in the atrium i was sitting in the atrium at night uh, and, uh, the, they had a musician named Kwani who was, uh, a Rodian. So she looks like Greedo comes up and starts talking to you and completely in Rodies. You have no idea what she's saying. And you're just <laughs> sort of like going back and forth with her. Cause you're like, okay, what else do I have to do? But talk to, you know, and like the, the, the facial mask that like, like it was moving, the eyes were moving. It's like, and you're just sort of like trying to keep up with whatever conversation you're having in this language you don't understand. So that was a lot of fun. So. Lauren, you mentioned you thought about taking lots of pictures of all the food items. Mm-hmm. Are either of you the type that takes 
picture posts like Instagram photos of your food. No, like, I not see a usually, lot of people yeah. that get really into that, and I feel like it just doesn't like. I don't know if it ever. It's like fireworks. You ever notice when you take a picture of fireworks, it never yes. really comes out the way you think it's gonna come out. Like I don't need to look at people's food on my Instagram. Your thoughts? I'm the same way. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not. You know, I, I don't take pictures of, of food. I, I do sometimes make an make an exception if it's something that I made and I'm very proud of, and I'm like, wow, yeah. look at this thing that I constructed. But if I just go to like a nice restaurant or I'm like in, I don't know. But I feel like Star Wars. You know, I'd be like, look yeah, at this that weird was like totally. The, the only yeah. time I, I've occasionally like I made a Sesame Street cake for my daughter's birthdays, and I've taken photos of that because I was like, this this took me three hours. That's I am fine. taking a photo of this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm talking you about know, going to the but, restaurant. They put yeah, food no, in front of you to eat, like some cheese ravioli, <laughs> no. and then you're like taking a picture of your of your ra- like ravioli. I just no. don't, I don't get it. I only take photos of things I make. That's the only thing. Yeah, usually. I've gone out with friends who are very into that, and sometimes they've been like, "Hey, can you use the flashlight on your phone to kind of light the food as I take a picture of it?" And I'm like, "I just, I've got mine in front of me. I just want to eat it. Like, yeah. like I'll help, but let's get this show on the road." I want to hear from someone that takes pictures of food that is served to them. Because I, I mean, I'm not trying to shame her. I know a lot of people do it. So if you take pictures of your food that you've ordered at a restaurant, hit us up on the social media, <laughs> let us know, <laughs> put it in your comment, comment on the Apple a podcast, and you can tell us how great we are and then explain the, the food uh, f- photography situation. Because uh, I, I don't understand it. Um, all right. That's not what you came here for. Uh, what you came here for <laughs> is to talk some Star Wars. And we're going to get on to D23. Devin was there. She's going to give us the backstage report. She's literally backstage. And we're going to talk about our thoughts about everything that was sort of revealed there. Uh, but before we do that, they dropped a new documentary on the Disney Plus on Obi-Wan Kenobi, the series. And it was called Obi-Wan Kenobi colon A Jedi's Return. Not a very inventive title, uh, if I do say so myself. Uh, curious what you all thought about this documentary, because um, I definitely have some thoughts. Devin, what'd you think? I thought it was really charming. I mean, it wasn't anything groundbreaking. As you, if you've listened to this podcast, you know the three of us have talked about this show at length. Oh, we've interviewed the cast. Dalton did that incredible story. So there wasn't anything that I learned that I was like, "Wow, I didn't know that before." But I thought it was a really lovely tribute to specifically, like, kind of the friendship and the relationship between you and McGregor and Hayden Christensen. I thought it was like a really kind of like a nice appreciation of you know. Uh, we we talk a lot about sort of the, how the prequels have been, you know, kind of critically or at least culturally reassessed in the last couple of years. And I feel like this was a nice kind of overview over that. I loved all the stuff where we got to see like Ewan McGregor, like meeting uh, George Lucas and him like taking him on a tour of the set for the first time and like him picking his lightsaber, you know, back in the 90s. I Like I loved all those little details. Um, I thought it wasn't like revelatory but i there was just like a lot of like little little moments that i you know i was like i i I like this this is fun it's a fun way to spend an hour if you're a total star wars nerd what did you guys think i thought it was pretty fun you know i mean it was like just an hour long and i i always love watching behind the scenes stuff or of how things are built or you know just as i said i love watching people practice with their lightsabers and i think it was just lovely just to see how much affection there is between hayden christensen and and you and 
and just, you know, how coming back into this whole thing was for them after so long away and how, you know, Ewan was just sort of like, it took me a while to kind of get used to it. It's like what once I put on the costume and had my lightsaber, it started coming back. But I thought it was funny when they showed him his lightsaber from the original movies. He's like, that's my lightsaber. Like he couldn't even quite <laughs> remember that that was his lightsaber. I thought he would have had just extra ones of those hanging around in his house. And then I thought, like, all the stuff with Vivian Lyra Blair was super cute as well. Cause, yeah. You know, she was, it was just sort of charming to see her and behind-the-scenes stuff. What did you think, Dalton? Well, so this is going to sound kind of harsh when I say it first, but I, but I really don't mean it that way in the least. I may as well have watched the thing on mute. Like, <laughs> it, and I would have enjoyed it just as much. Because yeah. uh, what I mean is everything you're saying, there's a lot of talk about how great Star Wars is. There's a lot of footage of them just looking up at a giant screen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can't express how much footage there is of them looking up at a giant screen. But and, and it, all that stuff for me mostly was useless. But that's fine. That's not why I watch these things. It, it's it's mm-hmm. a Disney Plus quote unquote documentary on a Disney Plus show. Okay, exactly. so let's just let's get into that. What I watch it for is the behind the scenes footage, and I thought it was great. I thought all the behind the scenes footage they showed was awesome. You get to see the lightsaber practice they're doing for the flashback scene that they did. Uh, mm-hmm. They're even talking about the dots on their face so they could be sort of de-aged uh, for that scene. And as we talked about then, they actually, I think, did a very good job de-aging them because they didn't de-age them too much, but that's yeah. the point. You see footage of Hayden and Ewan's first day together and when they first see each other and Hayden's doing this really quick shot where he doesn't have any lines out in like the sort of the desert area and Ewan showed up for his eye line. And so he's really far away. He's like 200 yards away and they're just kind of waving to each other. How cool is it to see that? You get Hayden in his makeup chair for the full body burn and he's doing the interview in the chair, which I thought was to get ready for his back to tank scene. I thought that was super cool. You see the last shot of Obi-Wan Kenobi and the rap and Ewan like, you know, bringing cigars and joking about how Disney's not going to like that at all and calling them death sticks. Uh, <laughs> a, a flashback to Devin's favorite character ever. We love um, Elon Sleazebagano. Go home and, and rethink your life. <laughs> yeah, it's so great. And I, I also love that they show the behind the scenes stuff is not just interviews and like people in chairs on the set, but it's actually people interacting on the set. And I also am just a sucker for cameras filming cameras meaning they actually are scenes what they're actually filming and then they they show them filming and you get to compare what it looks like they're on the set when they're actually filming to what it looked like on screen. Like when stormtroopers kind of feign being like, you know, pushed into a wall, you see the wires doing this, like they show a bunch of that stuff. So it was useless in terms of like any sort of actual information or mm-hmm. news or nuggets or behind the scenes details. Like had there been a lot of details, we would have written a post up on EW.com. Here's what we learned watching, you know, we didn't learn anything in really in that sense, but I loved all the footage of them on the set and uh, backstage at D23, or excuse me, at Celebration before they went on uh, the Star Wars Celebration. Yeah, stage. that was cool. I was looking for myself in the crowd. I was, I was like, looking for you I? too. <laughs> I was looking for you too. <laughs> but yeah, I agree with you. I think this was, you know, I think a lot of these like produced by the studio, released on the studio's platform. I mean, it's no plot, just vibes. And yeah. um, I, but sometimes the vibes are really fun. I agree. Like when they're talking about like what Star Wars means to me and like the emote, and I'm like, I don't, eh, whatever. I've heard this a thousand times, but like all the cool little details and some of the behind the scenes things. If you listen to this podcast, you know, I love a weird creature. I loved all the stuff with like Deborah Chow, like looking at the prosthetics. Oh, those were really habits. good. Like just seeing yeah. how like detailed and like minute their movements were. That was like the cool. dude with all the eyes. I was oh, like, yeah. I, yeah. like, that's the kind of, I, I love that kind of behind the scenes 
Queens creature shop stuff. That's why I'm like the the person who used to, you know, buy the DVDs for the DVD extras and like, you know, me too. Yeah, I want to see all that. Like, like, how did you do that? So that part I really enjoyed. I loved all the little details and and moments from set. And and some of the flashback stuff was really cool. Like I like I mentioned, you know, all the stuff with Ewan McGregor and George Lucas was really kind of delightful. I was like, I love that they have footage of this. Yeah, that was awesome. It's yeah, so it's definitely worth a look see. Uh, mm-hmm. It's definitely worth a look see if you haven't watched it yet. And and just a lot of really really cool footage on there uh, to check out. Um. Speaking of cool, so we're going to get to our Kyle Soler and Denise Gao interviews and just a little bit from Andor, which is launching next week on Disney. We'll have tons of coverage of that. We'll be checking in on that every week. But D23 was last week out in Anaheim. This is the big Disney convention. This is sort of their version of Comic-Con, and they trot out all their casts uh, for Disney and Marvel and Lucasfilm. And they make announcements and they show trailers and this and that. Devin and I were supposed to go out together. I was the last minute, unable to attend. Um, sorry about that, Devin. Uh, she had to do quite a lot of <laughs> interviews all on her own. And then Lauren had to help cover it from mm-hmm. back in New Jersey just because I'm all gallivanting about. But um, Lauren, before we you know, we're going to talk about the sort of the announcements made there and our thoughts and the trailers, but Devin was backstage. So just tell us not even just about the Lucasfilm aspect of it, but just the entire weekend, uh, what it was like being back there and some of the uh, cool moments that you had. I mean, it was awesome. I, um, you know, it was a pre- it was a pretty kind of crazy, bare bones kind of thing. But I did twenty five interviews backstage um, across different casts, and you know, speaking to people, and that's across you know Disney, Pixar, and then obviously all the Lucasfilm and Marvel, and like talk to the Willow cast again. And also, it's just it's fun to be backstage because basically, you know, where our interview suite is is literally like backstage in the main hall. So like after they, you know, get off stage and are presenting, like Kevin Feige's like, here's the trailer for whatever he like comes backstage. So I will say the one moment I didn't get to talk to him, but I just sort of like creepily stood in the hallway and like kind of watched him like as he was standing there was I did see Harrison Ford. And I was a little bit like, oh my God, it's Harrison Ford. He's somebody I've never interviewed. I've never, you know, gotten to speak to him, but like, come on, it's Harrison Ford. (laughs) Like that was the one moment where I was like, oh, I'm legitimately starstruck. Like, you know, all these people are coming in. We talked to Christian Slater. He's in the new Willow show. I got to talk to, you know, Tom Hiddleston, you know, all of the Marvel people, like literally, you know, every Marvel superhero. But I was like, oh my God, it's Indiana Jones and Han Solo <laughs> and he's standing right there and I'm watching him. And then there was another moment that was really cool, which is not Star Wars related, but is Lucasfilm um, adjacent, which was um, Ki-Hu Kwan is joining Loki season two. And so he got to reunite backstage with with Harrison Ford, you know, because he famously played short round in in temple of doom so i was like that's a cool little just like geeky moment to again not star wars related but star wars adjacent and i was like this is that that was that was just a cool detail but it was it was a blast it was a whirlwind it was it was really cool that was my when you said you saw indiana jones i was like do you see short round do you (laughs) see short round it's so cool it was really cool and and you know to get to i'm really excited that he's going to be in loki because i i love everything everywhere all at once and and i love loki and i'm so hyped for all of that but yeah it was a whirlwind and it's just a reminder of like oh my god disney is a is a monolith you know we do so many of these things where we go to you know uh san diego comic-con new york comic-con all these big events and usually it's spread across you know television and film and different studios and and netflix and and everything but this is just disney and it was three full days of lots and lots of news across you know uh theme parks film television animation all of it and you're just like oh yeah this is a giant 
multinational corporation that owns everything you've ever loved. <laughs> yeah, incredible weekend. And we got Devin's uh, incredible coverage. We'll continue rolling out you to videos, uh, interviews with all these casts that you'll see sort of throughout the next few weeks and months on EW.com. No thanks to me. Uh, and uh, so that was what was happening backstage. Let's talk about what was happening on the stage and online because a lot of this stuff was released uh, right after they they debuted online. And we'll start with The Mandalorian, where they debuted a season three trailer. And for the guy who grew up loving Boba Fett and that jetpack, um, so I, I can only imagine Devin Kogan hated this trailer because we know her her <laughs> hatred of Boba Fett. Seeing the Mando back on Mandalore and all these Mandalorians jetpacking all over the place looked super freaking cool. Lauren Morgan, what'd you think of the Mando season three trailer? I was following along the sort of Lucasfilm uh, section of the panel and it was like they were releasing trailers for this or that and, you know, or not releasing trailers and they would just release some photos. But then the Mando trailer came and I think that was like the moment I was like, yeah, this is what we want. It was interesting because having, uh, you know, watched the various animated stuff, how many images that I recalled from the animated uh, film that they replicate it and you're just like, oh, that's the throne room. That's like all of these other things. So you sort of was like, uh, you know, I was curious if people who hadn't watched that stuff would understand what they were seeing, but it's like, oh yeah, they're really going kind of deep into, you know, Mandalore because we saw a, a lot of Mandalore in the animated stuff. So this was kind of interesting to see it in live action finally. And I'm so glad that Katie Sackhoff is back as, you know, as Bo-Katan and very interesting things going on in the trailer, including what seems to be Babu Frick from Rise yes. of the Skywalker. So, and hey, then, hey. yeah, and then hey. a, whole, a whole tree of Salacious B. Crumbs. Uh, so that was, you know, there's a couple of interesting shots in there. But then I'm also super glad to see Amy Sedaris, who I love and adore. And I hope we get her on the podcast one day. We had her on the podcast, didn't we? Was she there at a celebration? I'm trying to remember. Was she part of the Mando crew? No, she wasn't. No, she she wasn't. She's 23, but she's not. Yeah. Um, So was Babu Frick working with Pelimoto? That's what it kind of looks like in the trailer, unless it's some creative editing. I think it was creative editing because I thought- You think so? Yeah, I thought he was somewhere else, but you know- if Baba Frick is well, a you just made me sad. I was all excited. Uh, See, I, I'm just, I'm just going yeah. with that, Lauren. That she, they're working <laughs> together. Devin, what'd you think of the trailer? Yeah, I well, I have a confession to make. I got to see this at Star Wars Celebration. This is pretty yes, much the same trailer they news. showed at Star Wars Celebration. Um, it was a little unfinished then. Um, I didn't notice anything that was like missing or anything like super new that we didn't have the first time around. It was, I think it's it's very similar, but they had just like kind of finished it and put a nice shine on it. Lauren called out all of the details that I love. I love the tree full of of lizard monkeys. You know, I, I want to know everything about that. I, I love the appearance of Babu Frick. You know, I like that we get to see Mando's new uh, ship in action. I, I love that we get to see like little little baby Yoda, you know, hanging out in the in the dome where where an astromech droid goes. And and yeah, I was just like, oh, I, it's so interesting because you know when the show started, it was very much about there's this one guy and he's a bounty hunter and it's sort of like this Western Lone Ranger kind of deal. And then obviously they introduced Grogu and it became this sort of like lone wolf and cub kind of story. But like now that we're entering season three, I'm like, oh yeah, they have introduced. So so many characters and like really built this world and you know all of the stuff with Mandalore obviously that's something they explored a lot in the animated series but to really you know I, I was just really impressed. I was like, oh, yeah, over the last two seasons and also Book of Boba Fett and some of the, some of the other stuff, I was like, oh, yeah, they've really built this into like a whole little mini, you know, kind of 
little whole new era of, of Star Wars storytelling. And I was just like, oh, yeah, I forget how much stuff we've already gotten and in, in set in this world. So it was, it was kind of a nice reminder of that. Yeah, obviously taking place at a different time, but we've on, on Star Wars Rebels, we've seen a lot of sort of Mandalorian clans mm-hmm. uh, battling each other and, you know, some being uh, working with the uh, uh, Empire and some not. So it's going to be interesting to see sort of how deep we go into, uh, you know, possible Mandalore civil war here in this uh, season coming up. Anything else you guys want to touch on here before we move on? I got to speak to the Mandalorian cast at um, at D23, and they came through, and it was it was interesting. It was uh, um, you know it was Giancarlo Esposito and Pedro Pascal and Katie Sackoff and Emily Swallow who plays the armorer, um, and it was kind of like the interesting tension between you know Emily Swallow who's the armorer who's very much like cult of Mandalore like 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 mm-hmm. we are the, you know that kind of vibe with the the Bo-Katan kind of side of things and and Pedro was like yeah I'm kind of like stuck in the middle I don't know really which way I'm gonna I'm gonna gonna side and I was like that's kind of an interesting like dichotomy and then also just like Giancarlo Esposito he was like I can't tell you anything but he's also just the most charming man on the planet and was just he's like he's just so lovely and I was like I could listen to him talk about you know the themes of Star Wars for like an hour straight so stay maybe, tuned for maybe, a lot maybe. of that Maybe he likes going to like celebration in D23 because it's the one place where he's not asked like Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul yeah, questions. Right. You know what I mean? It's like the one. <laughs> Nobody's the one... asking him about Gus Fring. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He can just go. What if you just start hitting him with like questions like other, like probably like, yeah, I want to talk some revolution. Was that the name of that weird NBC show <laughs> he was, was on? He's been yeah. in so much stuff though. It's like, I mean, he's in, he was in The Boys and this and that. He's like, he's. Yeah. he's He's the hardest working man in Hollywood, basically. He really is. I loved it. Star Wars Celebration when he was on stage. He was just like very much like, I want to get that little that little baby Yoda, that little green bastard. Like, like he he has you can tell he has a lot of fun, you know, leaning into yeah. his his villainous persona. And yeah, he just keeps playing a villain and everything. He's like the nicest dude. Like, I mean, I get it, it's acting, but still, it's just like it's so funny how he's been sort of typecast now in a weird way as just playing terrible people in all these, <laughs> uh, these shows. All right, let's move on to the next project. Tales of the Jedi. These are, um, this is an interesting one. It's going to come out October 26th on Disney+. Plus. It's animated. There's six, like... Short films. Short films. But what's mm-hmm. weird about it, I was very confused, is that it's six short films. So you figure, oh, okay, it's going to be six different stories. No, it's three Ahsoka stories and three Dooku stories. You're going to start to see, I guess, like, baby ahsoka literally Mm -hmm. baby ahsoka and then sort of her formative years and you're going to see dooku when he's in the jedi order before he goes uh dark side each episode is going to be 15 minutes long and i'm bearing the lead here about tales of the jedi because it might be about ahsoka and dooku but i'm all about the yaddle ladies i'm all (laughs) about the yaddle was in there big time uh, uh, Lauren, you are a Star Wars animation expert. Mm-hmm. So what do you make of uh, Tales of the Jedi and how pumped are you? I'm pretty, I was pretty excited about uh, seeing this because there's a lot of stuff in there that, yeah, if you weren't noticing, I mean, I didn't note, it, note this on my roundup on EW.com, but there is a shot of Padme's funeral on that. And I was yes. just like, Ooh, that's interesting. It's like, was Ahsoka at Padme's funeral? Like, was she trying to find Anakin? Like, there were all sorts of questions that popped up for me when I when I saw that shot. But you know, there's all the stuff with um, uh, Ahsoka and with Anakin, again played by Matt Lanter. And our colleague Nick Romano had interviewed Matt Lanter 
six six months to a year ago, and Matt Lanter had said he was doing something you know Star Wars related, and everyone was like, "What is he doing?" And we're like, "Oh, this is probably what he was doing." Um, so that was kind of interesting, and but I thought like the Dooku stuff was kind of interesting, and he's not generally my favorite character, but there's the young uh, young beardless Qui Gon Jinn in there. Uh, so I'm kind of interested to see, you know, that kind of relation, that that mentor apprentice or master apprentice relationship between the two of them. And, uh, you know, we saw it's like it's basically kind of just like these seem like deleted scenes from the Clone Wars. Uh, so I'm kind of I'm I'm kind of up for them just to see what that uh, that whole thing is like. So, uh, you know, I don't, I don't I think I don't know if this is for diehards or whatever, but I'm pretty excited to see this stuff. It should be noted, I believe Liam Neeson is doing the voice. of Yeah, that's Qui-Gon. what I was wondering, because it's like if he had come back for Obi-Wan Kenobi, I'm sure they could have gotten him in. While you're here. Booth. While you're here. <laughs> could you just say these three lines? lines? Yeah. yeah. I mean, the thing is, like, he did do, anytime they did have like a force ghost of Qui-Gon in Clone Wars, it was him. So he's yeah. done it before. So, but it's not, uh, Samuel Jackson's not playing Mace Windu. Uh, right. So, yeah, it's, it, it's uh, most of it, it just seems like it's the normal people who did the voices in the Clone Wars are back again. Uh, Devin, what do you think of what we saw there from Tales of the Jedi? Yeah, I'm really, I'm really delighted by this, and I'm, 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 I'm very curious to kind of see how it shakes out. I like the idea that it's like these, these shorts, and so they can sort of like explore some of these like little, you know, things without necessarily doing a whole show about it. And yeah, I, I, I love the fact that like Matt Lanter is back, and like some of some of those voices that I, I really love. So I'm, I'm really intrigued by this. Little Ponda Baba going on in that trailer as well, I believe. So, uh, you know, uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how it goes on. But I, I'm actually excited about it too. I'm actually more. Lauren might get mad at me for this because she's, you know, um, the world's number one Ahsoka fan. But I'm, I'm more excited for the Dooku stuff. I just feel like we've gotten a lot of Ahsoka content. Yeah, through, I, would, I, I would agree with you on that you know one. I mean? It's like a I lot, have seen a lot of Ahsoka. A lot of Ahsoka. So I, I'm more excited for the Dooku stuff. Lauren, like you, having read a lot of the books. Um, you know, I know you recently read Master and Apprentice, I believe, mm-hmm. and that has some Dooku stuff in there. He's not necessarily a pri- prime character in that book, but they talk a lot about his relationship with Qui-Gon and, and things of that nature. And so it is exciting having read some of that stuff to now fill in the gaps on screen as well. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited to check yeah. it out. Um, so what exactly did they show and say about Skeleton Crew? This is the new Star Wars series that Jude Law is going to be in. I saw they released an image. It was a weird looking image. I couldn't tell, like, is that like key art? Like, it didn't, like, it it was weird. I don't know. Did they say anything about the show or did they just show that photo and kind of move on? I think they just sort of, it it was very, so they announced it at Star Wars Celebration. This is, this is the show, you know, created by John Watts and Chris Ford. John Watts um, did all the, the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies. Um, And it's basically like, it's set during the same time period as like Mandalorian and Ahsoka and like, like that sort of era. Um, And it's, it's kind of interesting. It's like a kind of a coming of age story with a bunch of kids and then, Uh um, Jude Law is in it. I, I was going to say, Dalton, like, I, I, we know how you feel about small children <laughs> based on the Ewok movies. Um, but yeah, no, um, and it, it's, it, I think it's still in production. So it's still very early days. So we still don't know a ton about yeah. this. I'm very curious as to sort of what it will look like because, um, 
other than, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi was, was, you know, overseen by Deborah Chow. Um, Tony Gilroy is overseeing Andor. Um, most of the other stuff we've seen has all been, um, Filoni and Favreau. And so I'm, I'm kind of curious to see what, what John Watts and Chris Ward can, can kind of bring into this world. You know, obviously John Watts worked with John Favreau and all the Spider-Man movies. And that's how like the show happened. Um, I actually got to talk to Filoni and Favreau. Um, they came through our, our interview suite and I, I talked to them a little bit about sort of the genesis of the show. And they said, it's funny, like sometimes they'll talk to people and they'll sort of like suss out like are these people star wars fans like would they ever want to like do come direct an episode once or twice and so apparently he was like kind of sussing out with john watts and he was like would you ever want to do an episode and john watts was like actually i have a whole idea if you want me to pitch it to you <laughs> and so he he saw his opportunity and he took it which i that's i awesome. you know that's that's the dream to have have john favreau be like Hey, you got any Star Wars ideas? Yeah. Why, yes, I've been dreaming about this since I was six years old. <laughs> Here's my whole so plan. So it's picture Wilford Brimley <laughs> in a hut. <laughs> we got Sindel back. We got, yeah. you know, we, there's going to be llamas and all yeah. sorts of things. We got to bring back the llamas. Some ferrets. Yeah. Space ferrets. llamas everywhere you go. <laughs> and magic and the power. Yeah. That's right. So, so, so not a lot of skeleton crew news then. What about Ahsoka? I know they, I guess, finally released that image of the mural, which was seen at, at, at celebration in that brief footage they, they showed anything else come out from Ahsoka. Um, well, I think we have an Ezra Bridger. Um, oh, right. They announced yeah. that. Well, that has but not been officially announced. Him, yeah. But, yeah. yeah. But it's a very good looking Ezra Bridger. I will say <laughs> we're yeah. talking about wow. that in the Slack. Please do. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so yeah, that's not been officially confirmed by the same way it has not been officially confirmed that Hayden Christensen is going to be in Ahsoka, but you can, uh, you know, bet your house on it if you want. So that's cool. We have our Ed, Ezra Bridger mm-hmm. and, um, you know, we just keep waiting for some actual uh, released footage on that show, which hopefully will be coming soon. Um, Bad Batch, they announced season two date, January 4th, 2023. I don't know if mm-hmm. there's really anything else to report there. They showed an Andor new trailer. We're obviously going to be getting into Andor in just a little bit here with uh, Kyle and Denise. Uh, I know, Devin, you spoke to the Andor cast again uh, out there. I don't know if they had anything new to say from the uh, 10 million times you've spoken to them already, but how was that? Oh, it was lovely. They are like such an interesting, sweet cast. And it was, um, it was really fun to get to talk to them. And, and, you know, I, you can tell that just like Diego loves the show and he loves this character. And so I'm, I'm really excited to, to get to see the rest of the show. And, um, you know, we'll get into this a little bit with Kyle Soler, but um, he, I, I love just like he, he plays a baddie and I love um, like hearing him talk about like he, he, and I think he says this in the interview. I, I he, he said it again this weekend, but um, how his character always like, he, he has this wonderful physicality to him and he, 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 he decided like to the way to sort of understand him is he always looks like he's chewing on a wasp. And that's like such a specific detail that I was like, I totally get that. So now like every time I see him on screen, I'm like, he looks like he's chewing on a wasp. I, I see it. <laughs> yeah, with, without you know saying too much. Obviously, I mean, we know he's a bad guy. But it's kind of interesting. He's very high strung bad guy, but he's also like the kind of bad like person you watch. And you're like, it's, he's just he's awkward. It's like you watch him and you're just like, oh, yeah. like it's just like really just doesn't quite all add up for that guy. So it'd be interesting to see uh see him on the show. Um, anything else, Lauren? Do you have any other takeaways from all this uh, Star Wars uh, news and views that came out of? 
D23? It was a little bit less news than I was expecting. Like I was expecting a little bit more about like maybe the accolade or some, some movie news, which would be nice, but it seems like all that stuff is pretty much on the back burner. But you know, I think the uh, Mandalorian trailer slapped pretty hard. So, you know, yeah, the, you know, you, you've had D23 before where you and McGregor walked on stage yeah. and announced he was coming back for Obi-Wan right. Kenobi series. I mean, yeah, it's hard to top far, that. But Yeah, you know. they've been far newsier in the past sometimes, but I know they did just have celebration. So, you know, there was celebration of Comic-Con. At a certain point, there's just, you know, they have to hold some news for <laughs> the future. <laughs> Yeah. Absolutely. Eventually, you run out of you know things to talk about at all these different conventions and, and yeah. presentations. All right. Well, we're we're a week away from Andor finally premiering the first three episodes, and uh, two of the Andor stars that were at D twenty three were Kyle Soler and Denise Gao. Devin, as she just mentioned, spoke to them there, but she also spoke to them before D twenty three. We've been holding that interview to play for you, but the wait is finally over. So let's get into Devin's chat with Kyle and Denise right after this quick break. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hey guys, how's it going? What's Hi, up, Devin? You've got 14 minutes, so we're going to take a little nap and then we'll give you seven minutes after we have a nap for seven minutes, if you don't mind. All good. Have you guys been in like a, a, a whirlwind day? Yeah. World, yeah, two days. Two days. Um, and, it, and it has been a whirlwind because yeah. we're we're finally realizing that we're, we're actually Wars. in Star Wars. But we got here yesterday it's, and we were like, OK, we're doing this thing yeah, in this jungle. Yeah. And then each person that we speak to, every face that arrives on this screen is so excited about having had their experience watching this show that we're in. And we're like, oh, my God, I think this is actually really good as it's, well. It's kind of amazing because we filmed it like two years yeah. ago, basically. And that was in the middle of the pandemic. And so. So a lot of the kind of like context of realizing realizing that you're in this like 50 year legacy thing, yeah, like wasn't really there. About it. Like and and so it's just yeah, the the pennies dropping. Yeah, and, and it seems like you all like are not lying, <laughs> like because you can tell when you've been interviewed as much as like actors get interviewed. I can tell when journalists are like lying and going, yeah, so well done, this is really good. Um, but you guys seem genuinely excited. So she hasn't said anything yet. So oh yeah, but she looks happy. <laughs> I mean, we'll we'll see. I mean, I I'm a I'm 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 pretty good with the poker face, but no, I really do love the show, and I'm so excited to talk to you oh, guys about uh, it. And awesome. yeah, like along those same lines, like I mean, tell me a little bit about when you guys first got involved in this. What was that process like? Were you guys people who were like, oh my god, I'm going to be in Star Wars? Like, what was the the beginning of this process like for both of you? Not not really. Like we we were both. I think we were both doing plays at the time mm. and um, Tony had both seen us in our kind of respective plays. And um, this thing came about and it, and you, you were hesitant and I was umming and eyeing as yeah, well. And because like, I had done like a pilot, this pilot for game of Thrones, which 
I remember even when I signed up to that, I was like, okay, this is a big departure from what I do, which is theater, you know, but okay, let's go for it. And then, and then it wasn't picked up. So I took that as a sign. I was like, I'm not meant to, I knew I was right. I'm not meant to do anything like that. That's, it's not my, my style. And then Star Wars called and I was like, okay, well, I'm, I'll meet Tony Gilroy. <laughs> and, and also I don't, because again, my passion is theater. I, I'm not up and into, like, I didn't really know who Tony was, if I'm honest. And so when, when we were speaking and he was telling me about himself, I was kind of going, why is he talking about himself so much? Like, shouldn't I be pitching myself? And then the casting director was like, no, he really likes you. I think he wants you to do this. And I thought, oh my God, I've never been in this situation before where someone of his caliber was like excited to work with, like sometimes you're made to jump through hoops to prove to people in positions of power. But this guy had such respect and I'm sure it was the same for you. He came to see work that we did on stage and decided, I want those two people to, to be in this show that I've written. So like that was such an offering of like, I don't know. That felt really like a really great place to start. I wasn't being asked to sell myself. And then he allowed me to read some scripts and I read the scripts and I was like, this guy can write, man. This is insane. I'm not even in these episodes and I want to know what happens. And then he told me what I was going to do. And I thought, yep, I'll do that. If Tony Gilroy is writing anything, I'm happy to, to, to be at that party. Like he's, pretty special yeah and he was also taking star wars to a completely different territory yeah from what i knew before and so when i read those scripts i was like oh wow man socio-political drama it's also a thriller and a like love story and yeah. also all this stuff and also star wars and then i decided to rewatch rogue one mm. before saying yes and i was like oh shit this is a really good film yeah this is like really clever it's really gritty it's very real. It's got a lot of heart. And it's got right? a lot of heart. Yeah. And I was like, wow. And because I think when you've worked on stage for as long as we've worked on stage, like you spend, it's like the attention to detail you have to have to build a performance that has to last for up to six months every night and eight times a week. You kind of, the writing has to have something that holds you. Otherwise it stops being in any way interesting. And so to have that experience of something that, you could mine for so long in star Wars was mm. like, man, that, that doesn't really happen very often. Like we were saying yesterday, I don't know if this kind of thing would ever come around again. You're so lucky in your career. If you get like on stage, I've had a few like really great theatrical moments, but, but when you get it on screen in something as vast as the star Wars universe, I'm kind of in awe at what has happened. Yeah. And now I'm just, I feel so, like I, I felt privileged before to get to work on something so good, but now I'm like, I'm in the star Wars universe getting to do that. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Like, yeah. so now it's like, okay, bring it. This is brilliant. Yeah. For both of you, was there like a day on set where you were, where you really hammered it home for you where you were like, Oh my God, I'm in star Wars. It's yours. <laughs> as we, as we were filming, we kind of forgot what was going on because it was the pandemic and everything. And, um, and I, I was on this incredibly detailed 
wonderful, amazing set that have been built. That's like eight acres long and like 360. completely 360. You can go anywhere. Anything can be filmed. Yeah. And every single nook and cranny had just been completely detailed. And there was this crowd milling about and stuff and they parted. And then there was just line of like 30 stormtroopers. And I hadn't seen any up until that point. And it just was like, oh my God, yeah, I can't believe it. I'm in Star Wars actually. Yeah. Um, it's kind of amazing. Yeah. Yeah. God, yeah, it keeps hitting me. It's I keep having these like moments. I'm waves. also delirious, but I, I keep having these moments of going, hang on, this is actually happening now. Because also when you when you are on stage, it's happening in the moment. Everything's happening. The whole process happens in the moment. But this we worked on two years ago, like Kyle said, in a pandemic. So when I look back even at what that meant, mm. like even the bubbles and the like, how intense it must have been for that crew to work under those conditions too, yeah. because we got, had a different experience because, you know, we could be, because we were tested so much, we could be maskless when we were in scenes and all of that. But I remember it's the first time I worked with a crew that I couldn't really get to know because they were in full PPE yeah. all the time yeah. on these sets. Like I just, I'm just so grateful that we still managed to make it despite that. So now it feels like a very joyful moment where we get to see this thing that was created in such a dark time, actually. And we managed to be part of something that was made that is going to hopefully bring a lot of people a lot of joy. And And that's yeah, Yeah. The other thing that that reminds us, I think, that we're in Star Wars, that each of our respective, like, nieces and nephews find out Oh or we yeah. speak to them and, and they just like go nuts. They go yeah. crazy. And I think and mine, mine didn't really, they, you know, they hear of me working a bit and then I'm in star, but now when they saw the trailer, yeah, like my, yeah, my brother said, I was at home recently and my brother came over and he said, the twins have asked if they can have their photo with you. And I, <laughs> I went over to my nephews and I said, you know, like I'm your aunt. You don't have to, <laughs> this doesn't, but I think they're so confused that they have already, when they saw the trailer, suddenly I'm Dedra yeah. in Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'm their auntie sitting, like eating a sandwich yeah. in the living room. And they, I think they're finding it a bit hard to take. And then also one of my other nephews was having quite a rough time at school. And apparently my other brother told me he told these kids that were being mean to him that his aunt was in Star Wars. And I thought, oh, I can't wait till those bullies see who I am in Star Wars because they won't be bullying my nephew anymore. Specifically, she's an Imperial officer who will come for you. And I will show up at his school dressed (laughs) as Deirdre Miro if I have to, to ensure that he is safe. (laughs) I love that. And, you know, in these first few episodes, one of the things I loved about both of your characters is sort of how ordinary they are. They're not Sith Lords. They're not Darth Vader. There's this sort of, you know, they're very much on the ground kind of villains. What What interested you guys about like that? specific you know kind of like very middle manager villainy basically well i think because they weren't fully formed you know they're still finding it they're still like cyril definitely is still in flux yeah they're baby villains yeah 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 exactly they're (laughs) adolescent adolescent like you know middle school petulant like (laughs) wannabe villains and they're figuring it out man yeah um and that's that's what was really attractive. Like, I can just, they get there? And yeah. I love that. Like, 
his character has to go home and live with his mother. Yeah, it's perfect. At a certain point, like in what world, like you're building this kind of, you know, dun, 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 dun. I've got to go home and live with my mom. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. This is some like awful domestic drama. I love it. I love it so much. Right. It's like, you're not living in a big lair, like with lava and like a volcano or whatever. It's like, no, you're just going to go home. Yeah, it's like a shitty, like anonymous apartment, you know, in a massive, yeah. you know, star. And it's just I like, watched that yeah, brilliant. Of course, it's perfect. Um, I went to the cinema to see the new Minions movie with my nephews the other day. And it's like, you know, the the grew the the minions prequel. So it's like setting up how they all came to be. And I was like, oh my God, that's us. <laughs> Gru is like He's trying to be a villain, uh, but he's a kid. He's like a little kid and he promises he's going to do all these bad things. And I was like, that's basically oh, me that's and Kyle. so good. So good. Oh, I'm going to watch it. Yeah, it is amazing. It is. <laughs> there you go. And I love that there's a sort of a, like a physicality and a stiffness to both of your characters, the way they present themselves. How did you guys want to sort of figure out the physicality of, of playing these two? Ben Karen, like I showed up on set and I could not stop messing with the gun. And I had a scene where I'm walking down the stairs and my hands were doing all of this. And Ben came over and he said, darling, I just, um, it's a bit swishy. And I was like, really? And he said, do you want to see? And I love when a director lets me see my work because I, like a painter, I want to see what I'm doing. And maybe I could raise an eyebrow there and do like, I love being part of that process. And and he showed me that when she was moving a lot, all her power, I was di- diluting everything. And he said, just try maybe putting your hands behind your back. And so I did the scene with my arms like this. And then I watched that and I was like, oh, my God, Ben, the simplest thing. And so then it just became Dedra stays in this really uniformed position. It was quite painful after a while mm-hmm. for me. Um, <laughs> but it was very and it was all about making sure that the uniform looked perfect. And because if you sit like this, Mm. you look a mess if you're in an Imperial. So everything becomes about how they hold themselves. And then when they meet, it was like, Oh my God. And it's, yeah, it's a similar thing for Cyril. I mean, as he goes home, you can see you get introduced to his mother and see, you know, why he became the person that he does and that appearances are kind of everything. But also, a, a different director, Toby Haynes, was um, he just made an offhand comment before we had even started filming. They were using a reference photo to try and figure out hairstyles and stuff. He's like, I like this one because uh, it looks like you're chewing on a wasp. And I was like, that's it. Like everything about Cyril is just contained in, so good. you know, and that containment that they both have hides so much inside (laughs) because in the trailer that is exactly what you look like when you turn like that really close-up shot of you and there's something that you do and then your eyes you're doing such amazing side eye but it actually does look like you're chewing a wasp or you're at least holding a wasp in your mouth yeah i had a little one yeah (laughs) a method actor you had i went out and i got a wasp wasp. and i just put it in my mouth i kept it alive but you know (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you again so much for taking the time to speak with me. Oh, thank thank you. you. Thank you so much. Our thanks to Kyle Soler and Denise Gao for joining us this week. We love uh, discussing and debating the franchise we hold so dear to our hearts. We hope you love listening to it. If you could tell your friends about the podcast, that would be super swell. And if you could follow and rate the podcast and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, that would be super duper swell. 
Also hit us up on social media. You can follow Entertainment Weekly on all socials at EW on Twitter and at Entertainment Weekly everywhere else. You can also tag and follow us at Dalton Ross, at Devin Kogan, and at Morgue Lore. Thanks so much, everyone. We'll do it all over again next week. This episode of Dagobah Dispatch is hosted by Dalton Ross, Devin Kogan, and Lauren Morgan. Produced by Chanel Johnson and Sammy Junio. Edited by Sammy Junio. Full episode transcripts are available at EW.com. Thanks for listening.